Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Big stories. Big guests. The big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. You know, as Han Solo once put it, we've got a bad feeling about this. NAFTA talks, uh, the latest round of NAFTA talks, get underway this week in Montreal. And there's, there's a cloud hanging over this. I don't have a good feeling about this. Now, I, I would say this in fairness to the Trudeau government. I mean, they, they didn't ask for any of this. I don't think they were anticipating that Donald Trump was going to win the election in the first place. Uh, and so one of the things the Trump administration very quickly did was to thrust NAFTA to the forefront. Say, we need to renegotiate this. We might kill this altogether. So from a Canadian perspective, we had to react to this and figure out what it is the Americans want. But conversely, it seems, though, the Americans are getting a little confused themselves about what it is we want. So as much as we're getting mixed messages from the United States an unpredictable president, certainly a protectionist president. I think we're getting some posturing from the Trudeau government as well. And we've been hearing a lot of stories lately of the frustration from the American side that Canada keeps bringing up the so-called progressive trade agenda, issues around gender and labor and indigenous. I mean, what does that have to do with NAFTA or negotiating a trade deal? So this doesn't bode well, I don't think. And at the same time, of course, there's questions about whether we're going to be on board with the Trans-Pacific Partnership going forward, even though the U.S. is out. Now, the other nations of the TPP are prepared to move forward. They've been frustrated with Canada. Trudeau came back empty-handed from China, trying to get talks going on a free trade deal with that country. Might he really botch three trade deals in 2018? Now, a question was put to the um, White House Press uh, Secretary today about the NAFTA talks. And uh, she said, quote, we actually feel like things are moving forward. The president is going to make sure he gets the best deal for America and American workers. That's still a topic of discussion as we move forward. So things seem to be lurching back and forth. Trump says, you know, he's thinking about killing the deal. Then we get signs that, no, they, they like where things are going or they want to let negotiations run their course. So this is all really hard to read. Well, joining us uh, for some thoughts is someone who might have a better read on the situation. Uh, former Canadian diplomat Colin Robertson joins us. He's vice president and a fellow at the Canadian Global Affairs Institute, also executive fellow at the U of C's School of Public Policy. Mr. Robinson, thanks for joining us. You're welcome to the program. Good to be with you, Rob. Uh, okay. First of all, your thoughts, uh, just kind of general thoughts on uh, where things are at going into this, uh, these talks this weekend in Montreal. Well, I think it's crunch time. The negotiators met last month without the minister's presence and have made a lot of progress. Uh, the, the, next, the agreement will be about 30 chapters, and this covers everything from phytosanitary to dispute settlement to a clause that, uh, for extension or not extension of the agreement. And on most of what we're discussing, we're making progress. Keep in mind that the negotiators, who are professional civil servants in all three countries, have been working together for almost a decade. They, they, they were the same group who negotiated the Trans-Pacific Partnership that you spoke about, of which was, in fact, an initiative of President Obama. Mm-hmm. And Canada and Mexico came on in 2011, and we 
arrived at an agreement two years ago, of which the United States was a part. But when President Trump was elected a year ago, he uh, he withdrew from the Trans-Pacific Partnership. So the the people that are actually doing the negotiation, and also keep in mind that the biggest piece of the uh, one of the biggest pieces of the Trans-Pacific Partnership was updating the Canada-U.S.-Mexico part of the trade deal, and so the the negotiators know each other, they know the issues, and they could reach a deal. But the Trump administration has come in with a different view on things like, and most importantly, how you settle disputes. We do not trust the U.S. court system to be fair in arbitrating disputes involving Canada and the United States. Mexico feels exactly the same way. So we had agreed, and this was one of the fundamental achievements of the original Canada-U.S. free trade agreement that uh, Prime Minister Mulroney negotiated with President Reagan, was to have a binational panel with equal representation, and we would agree on the third uh, the judge, uh, the top judge in this, who would meet and solve the, the problems when we had them. So it took it out of the court systems in both countries. And this has worked well for 23 years. In fact, it hasn't been used that much. It's almost had a deterrent effect because both countries know that if they behave badly, it'll go to an arbitration, which will probably overturn it, which has happened in a number of cases. Right. Uh, the same principle applies at the World Trade Organization, which was also an American creation. It was originally called the General Agreement on Tariffs and Trade after the Second World War. And in both of these places, the Trump administration says, no, we want to have our court supreme, and whatever we decide, we decide. So Canada is uh, said, no, this is not, we have to have something to prevent us from being pushed on things like softwood lumber, on newsprint, and more recently on sale of jets. Mexico, as I say, feels the same. And that's that, I think, is the most critical issue that has to be decided. That will not be decided by negotiators. That is something that ultimately the prime minister and the president have to come to terms with, as we as we did back in uh, 1988, when ultimately we had to sort of say, well, all right, Prime Minister Mulroney will want to talk to President Reagan. And then Treasury Secretary James Baker said, all right, but you have to get this through Congress. And we did. And then they say we had 23 years. Should the agreement be revised after that period of time? Absolutely. It doesn't include things like uh, most a lot of us buy things now on uh, digital trade and, and intellectual property is, has changed. And all of that part is actually going along pretty well. Well, that's encouraging. So do you think it's still still a possibility that uh, that NAFTA can be preserved and that these, these issues can be addressed? Yes, I do. I think if you left it simply to the negotiators, they would work it out. And there would have to be, obviously, approval by the cabinets and the prime minister and president would have to. But yes, I think that from a purely trade policy perspective, it is doable. But the politics intervene, and we're not sure where President Trump is on any day or almost any moment. And then right. you just referred to the press secretary today saying looking good. Well, that may be. Now, we do know that the prime minister has a pretty good relationship with the president, and I think the two of them will probably see each other in Davos. And so in many ways, what's going on in Montreal this week and next week is important because that'll settle the nuts and bolts of the agreement. But the big issues that require the leadership to decide, that may be as a result of a conversation in Davos. Well, this is the politics, too, here. And I, I think for, from Trump's perspective, and given that he's made such a big uh, issue of NAFTA, that he needs to, to show that he accomplished something. Now, killing the deal, maybe he could sell that as accomplishing something, but winning over some concessions, uh, I, I think, would give him something to, to brag about. So is it is it about political posturing to, to some extent, maybe even on the Canadian side, too? 
Well, what he has said is that he wants to reduce Americans' deficits. He feels that trade agreements have worked against the United States. And I think we've been able to demonstrate to the president that, well, we have a slight surplus on the goods side, and that a lot of those goods are, in fact, the oil that we sell from Alberta and the United States, which they want to fuel their manufacturing renaissance. They enjoy a surplus, for example, on the services side, insurance and things like that. Uh, and so that the trade between Canada and the United States is virtually imbalanced. On some of the other areas where he's talking about having more content within North America on our most traded commodity, which are cars, I think we can work that out. That's what they call rules of origin or the content. That I think we can find a formula that will probably suit the United States. On government procurement, which is an issue they say they want to pull back on. I think I would leave that to provinces and states because ultimately it's in provinces and states that do the procurement when it comes down to the, for example, big infrastructure. This is what happened in 2010 when the two national governments couldn't work it out, the Obama and Harper uh, governments. And in fact, Premier Wall led a group of the premiers down to Washington, met with the governors of the National Governors Association and said, look, we all have got challenges with our budgets. We want our dollars to go farther. Let's open up on a reciprocal basis procurement. There'll be parts we'll carve out, but let's let's try and work something out because we who have to administer at the at the at the basically at the grass at the level that counts want our dollars to go further and they were able to do that for five years so i think that would work its way through on the uh the sunset clauses they call it i think you know the americans could have that after five years if you wanted to revise it then make it such that you take a look at it because i think these agreements always need to be improved and a five-year period is probably a reasonable period in which to take another look at the agreement. But the, the important one for Canada and for Mexico, and the Mexican Senate said, we, we won't do a deal unless we get some kind of independent dispute settlement so that we're not subject to American trade laws. Your sense on, on how much Canada has benefited from NAFTA, and, and more to the point then, if, if NAFTA were to, to collapse here, how, how bad would that be for the country? Well, it's certainly been, if you look back, if you're just sort of in your mind's eye, think of trade uh, as part of the gross domestic product. You know, we, we generate a fair bit amongst ourselves, amongst the provinces. But if you were to look at a chart uh, during the 90s, you would see that trade within Canada was basically flat line. But trade with the rest of the world, particularly the United States, went straight up. And that generated a, a dollars return, which benefited Canada. And we did some other things in Canada to get government right across the provinces and and and, and all the premiers. So you think back in 1988, there were only three provinces that were in favor of free trade, Alberta, Manitoba, and Quebec. Today, every premier sees the value of, of uh, better trade. And it doesn't matter what political stripe they are. You know, premier Notley, maybe NDP, but she's down in Washington making the case for sale of, of Alberta oil and gas, and, and she's off to, to China and Europe, and it's across the country. So there's that's been an attitudinal shift in the country. So the Canadians, and we've done very well by trade, but that's but now we have to look to update a lot of these agreements. So when you talked about the Trans-Pacific Partnership, absolutely we should be part of that, and I think the Trudeau government should embrace that. We should close the deal that the Harper government began and which the Liberals carried over, but they still have to be approved in each country. That is the Canada-Europe trade agreement. We're looking at, at others with uh, in, in, the, in parts of Latin America. Uh, we're looking at Asia. We're looking at the prime ministers over to India, where we've been negotiating for a number of years. There really is not a lot of difference between the Conservatives and the Liberals. You saw Andrew Scheer last week down in Washington saying, look, I'm here as part of the Canadian uh, view. We feel it's very important to have that relationship with the United States. And that's a good thing. And I think Canadians and their premiers feel much the same way.
Okay, well said. Well, people can read uh, more of your writings on uh, this at uh, cgai.ca. Colin Robertson, thank you so much for your insight here. Appreciate you making some time for us. Thanks, Rob. All right, take care. Colin Robertson, a former Canadian diplomat. He's a vice president and fellow with the Canadian Global Affairs Institute, also an executive fellow with the U of C's School of Public Policy. So uh, he sees some signs of optimism, and let's hope he's right. Because I think this would be bad news for Canada if NAFTA falls by the wayside. I think even the uncertainty around NAFTA has been bad for Canada. Not the least of which, of course, is uh, on top of that, uh, the uncertainty around the TPP, the uncertainty around a trade deal with China. And the common thread through all three seems to be the Trudeau government's approach. So I don't know what kind of a dangerous game they're playing here. But yeah, that, that would not be good for your legacy if you're the prime minister, that you managed to botch three big trade deals in a single year. It's true, we got the Canada-Europe trade deal done. You know, much of the heavy lifting was done before the liberals took office. They got it over the goal line. Okay, good. You didn't screw that one up. But now the fate of these three all rest in your hands, and you're not filling us with confidence. Our number here, 974-8255. We've got a lot more to get to. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.